0: Hey, everyone! (laughs) That's going to listen to this. This is going to be the very first episode of the podcast that I'm going to be doing. I haven't had came up with a name yet, and it's going to be some subjects. Going to have some guests. It's going to be really cool. It's going to blow up. I'm going to be super famous. A lot of money, fast cars, beautiful women—you know the whole cliche. But no, seriously, this is the first podcast, and. My wife told me, like, she's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. So, I'm going to do it. And she didn't think I was going to do it because it's, like, super late at night right now. Right now, it's, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. She didn't think I was going to stay up and do it. But I'm a trooper. And the first subject of this podcast is going to be um, how I got started in comedy. How I got started in stand-up comedy. It's it's a crazy role. I didn't, I mean, I didn't wake up one day of came out the womb, you know, just... Came out between my mom's womb and the doctor spanking me. I'm like, hey, let me tell you a joke. No, it didn't start out like that. But uh, everybody has a comedy origin story, um, and this is mine. So the first episode of my podcast is going to be how I got started in stand-up comedy. This is all true. No BS. I'm not gonna give ages or anything like that, but. So, I'm fresh out of high school, right? Let me backtrack a little bit. I love basketball. I still love basketball, but in high school, I love basketball. I know that's stereotypical black guy liking basketball, but I love basketball. And that's my dream, to play in the NBA, to be an NBA player, being in the NBA. Uh, so, in 11th grade, while... The tryouts were getting ready for basketball. You know, playing basketball, I'm doing good. I feel good. Um, I hurt myself. I went up for a layup, and this guy took my knees out from under me. Um, my, my leg out from under me, and I came down on my knee, and I heard a pop. And it was silly me. I brushed it off and went to the doctor. He drained the fluid out the knee. And I'm like, I'm still going to do this. I'm still going to play basketball. And I still tried to try out for the team, and... My, my knee kept popping out of place. And like, and draining the fluid, it wasn't just a sprung. So, a sprain. Sprung, sprain, sprung, tomato, tomato. So, I ended up going back to the doctor. They did an x-ray. Found out that something was torn. Like a ligament was torn in my knee. I had to get surgery while in high school on my knee. Yes, I think this is all God's plan. Not like the Drake song. But this is God's plan. So I get the surgery on my knee. Needless to say, I didn't try out for the team and then play. I uh, ended up getting a job um, in 11th grade, working at Checkers, uh, rallies. And fast forward a little bit, then play my 12th grade year. Uh, get out of high school. Um, I got um, one or two offers from really small schools. Some really small schools. Uh, so, I went to this school in Virginia. I went to go visit. My mom and dad went with me. Um, it was Bristol, Virginia. I don't know if you've ever been there. Um, but I went there. And I go to the school. And I, I talk to the coach. And I'm walking around the campus. And I'm looking at this area that I, I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to braid through this. I had to get the surgery. I'm going to get myself to back to 100%. I'm going to play basketball for this school. And I looked around. And I was the only minority. The only, even the janitors. Even the Chinese restaurant had no Chinese people. That's that's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't know. So I was <laughs> so like, and all the way from home, from Florida to Virginia, I like I can't do this. I'm sorry. My knee is not even hundred percent and I'm gonna gamble and try to make a team all the way out here. i'm um, um no. So needless to say, we flew back home. And I'm laying in my room, high school, I'm out of high school and I'm like, what am I going to do? Uh, I want to go to school. I want to go to college. Uh, main, the main reason I want to go to college, nobody pushed me to go to college. Nobody said, oh, you got to do good to go to college, get a good job. I, uh, my dad was a word of mouth construction worker. And what that means is that he would do the plaster and the cement and put the plaster on the wall and do been drywall and all that stuff. And guess who was his little migrant worker at 12 and 11 years old? Me. So on the weekends, you know, I'm thinking I want to stay home. I want to watch cartoons, you know, at 12 years old. You know, he's waking me up. I'm getting up. I'm getting dressed. Six o'clock in the morning. I'm out working with him from six to like six, you know, in the hot sun sometimes. And I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at the situation. And I'm like, you know what? I got to go to somebody's school. I got to do something. I got to do something easy that makes good money because I cannot do this. I cannot do this. So that's that's what that was the thing that put in me to say, you know what? I need to go to school. I need to figure something out. So parents, if you want your kids to do something, give them hard work. Make them do drywall or build a house or something or lay concrete they do want to do something else with their life. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go to community college. Go to the community college, get a job at Target. And, okay, I'm at the community college taking these classes. And I see this I see this girl. And, you know, all these stories start out with a girl. I see this girl. Uh, she used to go to my high school. She's like maybe was one or two grades above me. Uh, very pretty, dark-skinned sister. And I'm like, okay, all right. You know, we got the same Spanish class. We're talking. She's cool. Like, I'm going to ask her on a date. I'm going to ask her. But I was like, oh, man. You know, I just can't do no regular date, man. She's a little bit older. I got to do something, you know. I got to do something better. I got to. What can I What can I take her to? Where can I take her to? I don't know. Where, where, where? So I look in the paper, you know, no social media back then. I <laughs> look in the paper and I see, oh, man, look at this. D.L. Hughley is going to be at the Comedy Corner in West Palm Beach. I'm going to take her to this. I'm going to take her to a comedy show. So I buy two tickets to the comedy show. Needless to say, I didn't ask her yet, but I still bought these two $25 tickets, $50, for a comedy show. And, you know, we're in class. We're laughing. We're giggling. We're friends. And I approach her. I'm like, you know what? I'd like to take you out sometime. Um would you like to go to a comedy show with me? She said no. She said no. She said no. In a nice way, though. But this, the answer was still no. So like, alright, cool. I got this these $50 tickets in my hand, and I have nowhere or no one to go. So I end up asking this um this girl I knew that was my friend, uh that I met, she was a good friend of mine. And we went to the comedy show, first time ever inside a comedy club, first time ever at a comedy show. Didn't know the protocol. I'm in the front row, with braces out of high school with D.L. Hughley. Yeah, yeah. He talked about everybody in the front row, every single body, every every single person. And I was like, this was great. He was so funny. Oh my gosh. He was so funny. He was so funny. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm gonna do. I wanna do this. Because I was always funny. I'm not you know, toot my own horn. But around my cousins, <laughs> we used to jones and talk about each other. And I used to talk about you know my sister sometimes when they used to wear my school clothes. And I'm like, I'm stop. don't wear my Steve Smith basketball Miami Heat jersey. And I used to talk, you know, I used to have my cousins rolling all the time with the jokes that used to come out the top of my head so I'm like you know what I can do this so I'm like how am I going to do this what am I going to do so needless to say I'm working at Target I'm going to community college I have a friend a friend named Robert Uh, he's in Tallahassee he's in Tallahassee living it up living his uh, best life in Tallahassee he comes back down to West Palm he's like man why are you still here in West Palm Beach come up to Tallahassee with me man You already got your cousins that go to uh, FAMU. Uh, I'm going to the community college here, man. You can transfer to Florida State. Come up here, we having fun. I get you a job. I'm like, all right, all right, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. So I took all the money I had. Um, You know, I didn't quit Target. I actually got fired. That's a story for another day. (laughs) But I got fired. Uh, My mom and dad gave me. a little nice, little bit of money, no Donald Trump money, but they gave me a little bit of traveling money, and I I I, I got in my car and I, I drove to Tallahassee. I applied and registered for the community college up there, and I started going to school up there, and I started to look into doing comedy there in Tallahassee, Florida. So while there in Tallahassee, Florida, they had a local comedy club inside a Ramada Inn, uh, a comedy zone inside a Ramada Inn. And they had some comedians there, a couple of comedians. You know, I told them I want to be a comedian. They took me under their wing, uh, showed me the ropes. And the comedy club there stopped bringing in local MCs. So they stopped bringing in your local like MCs coming in. So they only brought in a feature or a headliner. And they wanted the MCs to be local. So that's when I had an opportunity to actually host at the at the local comedy club. It was me and this other guy. His name was Herbie Gill. He will host one weekend. And I will host the next weekend. He will host one weekend. I will host the next weekend. And we did that for like. I did that like for two years. Every weekend. Two years. So I like really learned. I didn't take a class or anything like that. I really learned my comedy chops. I should say. Within those two years. Within those two years. I learned my comedy chops, and I got pretty good. I'm doing comedy, and two years go by, comedy club closed down. Comedy club closed down. I didn't do comedy yet again. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I still stayed in school. I did my school thing with some local shows, but it was, I mean, come on. It's Tallahassee, Florida. It's not like it's uh, LA, and um, I'm going to tell you, you know, this comedy origin story is going to end up how i am where i am right now which is, i live in la so i'm in school i finished school i graduate i know because i'm smart <laughs> but i graduated and i kind of sort of met someone and I got married another story for another day so i end up moving to tampa florida and they had two comedy clubs there they had a uh, one comedy club on one end one comedy club on the other end they had a tampa improv and i went there i did their little open mic and i did pretty good i did pretty good i got to know a local MC there and i kept doing good i kept doing good and needless to say um I started hosting and doing shows at the Tampa Improv, which was my spot. It was my, I consider it my home club to this day because they really opened the doors for me and I really got to meet a lot of good people, uh, a lot of successful people, a lot of successful comedians, and I was just doing my thing. I was slinging jokes, doing my thing. Meanwhile, uh, that that marriage thing I told you about, didn't kind of work out. Mm -mm. Nah, didn't work out. So, I'm on my own doing comedy and... One night, one night, um, I'm not doing a show that night. And I'm like, you know what? I want to go out. I want to go out. I want to hang out. So I go to Tampa Improv. I'm just hanging out. After that, uh, I'm with my friend. uh, Name is Tavares. And I'm like, you know what? Let's go out to a club. Let's go out. Let's go out. This is Ybor City. It's Friday. Just walk up and down the streets of Ybor City. Um, which if you've never been to Tampa, Ebor city, that is the thing to do. It is, uh, it's like a little Mardi Gras type session over there. So I'm not going to lie to you. I have no game, I have no game. I have no cool pickup lines. My only pickup line was that I sometimes had free tickets to comedy shows. So what I would do is I would go up to someone. I'm like, "Hey, Hey, Hey, I'm not trying to talk to you. I'm not trying to get your phone number or anything like that. I just want to invite you. To a comedy show, really? Yeah, just this here's a free ticket. I'm a comedian. You a comedian? Yeah, yeah. I tell I'm a comedian. Are you funny? Well, if you come to the comedy show, maybe you'll see. So <laughs> I met this young lady. I gave her a ticket, um, which is who's is my wife, by the way, right now, and um. I asked her for a phone number, and she told me she didn't have a phone. So I gave her the ticket, and I wrote my phone number on the back of it. And we leave the club. We leave the place. I see her leaving as I'm leaving. She's walking to her car. My friend's like, pull over there. Let's talk to her because she had a friend out there. So we pulled over. We talked to them, and we're talking. We're out there talking until, like, 1.30 in the morning. And we're just having a great conversation, and she's like, Let me get your phone number. And I'm like, I gave it to you. She's like, did you really? I said, yeah, I'm the guy in the club who gave you the the, the ticket. And she's like, oh, okay. Hmm. (laughs) So, the comedy show rolls around. She comes to the comedy show. And, you know, she came late. So, she didn't really see my set. She came late. She didn't see my set. It was cool. We started talking. We started dating. Um later that month i had another show in orlando which she actually came to and um she actually saw me do my thing. and like this was like i had my friends in the audience this was at a place i don't forgot what it was or who it was, for. Oh, it was for bonkers and man i slayed the crowd it was so much fun i did like crowd work i did jokes uh, it was like it was, it was a great night and she's like oh my god you're really funny you're really funny so, started dating, started dating, started dating, and she gets this job opportunity, and in, uh, in North Carolina, in North Carolina, and and so we end up having a baby. You know how those things go. I don't have to explain having a baby and how that thing works to you. I don't know. Unless you don't know how that works, then I don't know. Google it. But. We're in North Carolina, and I, I'm definitely not doing comedy. Now, I'm definitely not doing comedy because, ah, it's North Carolina. It's just, it's, 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 you know what it is. And so I'm helping her. I'm working with her, and she knows I'm a comedian. So one day for my birthday, she tries to surprise me. She says, um, get in the car. We get in the car. Um, she doesn't tell me where we're going. We drive from North Carolina to New York. We're in New York, and she surprised me with tickets to the comedy cellar front row comedy cellar meanwhile we're at the comedy cellar we're there um i'm i'm really green at this so i was like man i'm gonna ask them for a guest spot comedy seller, right no you don't know me i'm like god you never know you gotta shoot your shot so i asked them. <laughs> do kind of chuckle like that was bold but you gotta work your way into here so we saw the show and the comedians were funny they were really funny but you know what, sitting in the front row, watching them, all I was thinking about is this, oh, mm, give me five minutes. I just want five minutes. I would have had that crowd eating out of the palm of my hand. Five minutes. And so we leave the comedy club, and I'm like, ah, oh, you can't do that. I can't be a customer in the front row of a comedy club like that. It was just eating me inside. Like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get back into comedy. So I, I slowly started trying to get back into the comedy. In North Carolina, Um, I'm in it for about a year and a half, going to open mics. and doing this and that, hanging out with people. But I'm just spinning my wheels, you know. I'm spinning my wheels, the same kind of things I was doing in Florida. Spinning my wheels. It's like no opportunity happening, nothing happening, happening in Florida and in North Carolina. And so, at this time, she, um, my wife, she sold her business. She sold her business, and then when she sold her business. She was like, why are we still in North Carolina? Why are we still here? Like, just visit the country. Let's, let's go to L.A. You always want to go to L.A. I'm like, yeah, we can go. So we went. Uh, we went to L.A. Uh, we stayed in Manhattan Beach for about a week. And she's like, why don't we just move here? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I was scared. I'm not gonna lie. I was scared because even though I was doing comedy, I had a good setup back in North Carolina. I mean, I had my own business. I was I was doing good. Um, I was I was living like a king in North Carolina. I'm not gonna tell you how much I was banking, but I was kinging it in North Carolina, and I didn't know if I wanted to leave that. And she was like, "You need to at least try." She pushed me. She's like, "You need to at least try." So we ended up. Selling half our stuff in North Carolina, selling half our, our furniture and all that stuff, and basically we just kept whatever we can keep in the car, put in the car with kids, and we we packed it up and we drove to L.A. We drove to California, and yeah, we're 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 here in California, and then like I said, we we're staying in Manhattan Beach, we we're staying in a hotel, and it was cool, and then after that. We just got a place. She looked for, like, the best schools for the kids in that area of uh, North Hollywood. And we got a place. And I just started, you know, I just started hitting it up. Hitting hitting the comedy clubs. Hitting, talking to people and meeting with people. Granted, I didn't know anybody here. Not one person. Not one soul. So, case in point, uh, first, first, first time I went to the comedy store. They have an open mic on Mondays. They have an open mic on Mondays and they picked 16 people 16 people and me, a little naive me thinking like, oh, maybe 35 people will show up, maybe 45 people will show up, so I had like maybe like a 50% chance of getting picked or not getting picked 120 people showed up for that open mic 120 people and like, you know what, I gotta think of something else, I gotta I gotta figure something else out I mean, I'll still do that, but you know, you just—I don't. know. I've been doing—I was doing comedy by that time for like almost a very long time, so I knew some kind of tricks to the trade and stuff like that. So I'm like, I—I I, I gotta, you know, I gotta spread myself out. So I, I got on my email, I got on my phone, I—you know—I did a couple of uh, festivals, a couple of contests and stuff like that, and and I pulled on favors and I asked this one guy that I knew. I was like, "Uh, who do you know out here? Who do you know?" that you can tell, that you can vouch, I just need one person to vouch for me, that's all I need and so um, I had this this guy in New York who I I did one of his festivals for and he actually emailed someone Um, he emailed the Ice House, and he emailed the Ice House as a comedy club, great comedy club in Pasadena here in California, and I just gotta say this I I love the the Ice House um, because it's one of the first comedy clubs here that really like, uh, show me love And gave me an opportunity, and the audience is cool, the setup is cool, the club is cool, it's just all around cool, cool. So, this guy vouched for me, to the booker, and after going back and forth with some emails, the booker was like, okay, can he do eight minutes clean? Eight minutes clean, yeah, of course, I I, let me backtrack. I'm a clean comedian for the most part. I'm not talking about church clean. I'm just I'm just clean altogether. And the reason why I'm just clean because back in Tallahassee when I was hosting, uh, a lot of times the the, the feature or the uh, the headliner wanted to be the dirty one. Or they wanted to talk about the thing that was just happening in the news. And You couldn't really be dirty if you're the MC because then you're just gonna bring down the whole room to that level And now you're forcing the headliner to be also dirty Maybe and if he's not a dirty commenter, he's not that That type of comment. It's just gonna. It's gonna throw the show off And so I was like, uh, I just came up in comedy just being clean Just being clean. I don't I I could do my whole thing without cursing yeah, I'm not too blue. I'm not blue. So when he said, can you do eight minutes clean? I was like, yeah, I can I can do eight minutes clean. So I'm at Dye's house. He gives me a spot. I don't know what the booker looks like. I don't know what's his name. I don't know anything, right? I'm there. And he happens to be in the audience. He happens to be in the audience. Go up on stage and I killed that mess, man. I killed that room. Aha! Uh-huh. I killed that room. It killed it. <laughs> and he saw it. He saw it. And until this day, all I can say is they, they answered my emails. They answered my emails. I email a lot of people, but they, they, they he'll, he'll answer my emails. Say I got this date or this date, or you could do this or that. You know, he replies back. So, shout out to the Ice House for showing mad love. When I'm super big, super big and famous, um, internationally known, rocking microphones, I'm going to give you guys another shout out. Seriously. And I'm here. I'm doing comedy. I'm in L.A. I did uh, Fresh Faces. Uh, Laugh Factory um, 2018, which was pretty cool Laugh Factory is uh, um, definitely a hard place to get into and I did my thing and They show some love too, um for the most part. Yeah, and um they posted some of my videos on Instagram and They posted my, my set that I did there online and it, it gave me I want to say that alone the videos they posted on Instagram I gained like 1,200 followers from that. Yeah, like instantly. And so I just want to give them a shout out too for that. And I appreciate that love. But this is the first podcast. This is how I got started in in stand-up comedy. This is how I got started in stand-up comedy, man. And there were some people who helped me along the way um, that mentored me and gave me advice. And I'll never forget that. And I appreciate that. Um, some people you may not know, some people you may know, so um, shouts out to Bill and Sean from that comedy zone in, in Tallahassee, um, William Gilmore for just being one of those old, he wasn't old, but you know people who've been doing comedy for a long time, they don't BS you and <laughs> they, slightly, they shoot it to you straight, you know, man, I ain't got time for the BS. Uh, shout out to William Gilmore for just being William Gilmore and just shooting it like it is um, shout outs to uh, Roy Wood jr. For like giving me some good opportunities in the beginning and uh, being a good friend and Shout out to uh, Bob um, From the Tampa Improv for giving me opportunities too as well Yeah, so this is my first podcast I um, it's going to be posted places. Uh, tell me what you think. Tell me if you like it. Um, tell me the topics that you want me to talk about. Um, guests, maybe, that you want me to have on. Um, the ins and outs of doing stand-up comedy. Um, yeah, just, just, shoot, just shoot the shit with me. And I appreciate this. I appreciate you guys listening. And we're going to go from there. Peace.